0: Welcome, everybody, to Midtown Fellowship Easter Service. It is so great to have you with us, all the small groups. This is awesome that we are all together, even though we're not all together. But we celebrate together as the church this Easter Sunday. We remember the words of Paul, who said that if Christ has not been risen, then we are to be pitied among all. So we celebrate today that he is risen. He is risen indeed we we'll also like to welcome all the new people that have joined small groups for the Easter service. Um, the folks that are Midtowners and maybe some folks that are not Midtowners, welcome. We love having you here, being a part of this kind of weird and unusual Easter Sunday. I'd like for you to stop your audio in just a second and introduce yourselves to each other, especially the new folks. We want to know who you are. And then take just a second and the person whose birthday is closest to today's date Would you share your favorite Easter memory? Have fun. Welcome back and join me for the responsive reading. I want to encourage you to get out your order of worship so you can follow along with us. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus he is risen
1: he is risen indeed
0: while they were wondering about this suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood before them in their fright the women bowed down with their faces to the ground but the men said to them why do you look for the living among the dead he is not here he has risen he is is risen indeed remember how he told you while he was still with you in galilee The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where of death is your victory? Where of death is your sting? He is risen. He is risen indeed.
2: So, Midtown, let's sing now and let's try to get past the awkwardness of us being in our living rooms and staring at computer screens, and let's engage our hearts and our voices in singing as we remind ourselves and declare what is true this morning, that our Christ Jesus has risen from the grave. our eyes upon the cross and run to him who showed great love and bled for us freely you bled for us Christ is risen from the dead trampling over death by death come awake Come away, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead. We are one with Him again. Come away, come away, come and rise up from the grave. no scoffers crown no burden great could hold you down in string you reign forever let your church proclaim christ is risen from the dead trampling over death by death come awake come away come and rise up from the grave christ is risen from the dead we are one with him again come away come away come and rise up Come Stand in the light, the glory of God has defeated the night. We sing, Oh, Death, where is your sting? Oh, Hell, where is your victory? Oh, Church, come stand in the light, the glory of God has defeated. We sing, oh, death, where is your sting? And oh, hell, where is your victory? And oh, church, come stand in the light. Our God is not dead, He's alive, He's alive. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. is risen from the dead we are one with him again come away come away come and rise up from the grave Christ is risen from the dead trampling over death by death come away come away come and rise up from the grave Christ is risen from the dead we are one with him again come away
0: Happy Easter, Midtown. Hey, this is Randy Drawn, pastor over at Granny White, with three of our other pastors here this morning to celebrate Easter morning with you. Welcome, guys. Hey, good morning, Randy. Morning. Morning. You know, guys, this morning, we have a lot of our small groups that are gathering together to celebrate Easter together, and since they can't see us, I thought I would just describe us. Uh, Brant is dressed like an Easter bunny. Uh, (laughs) You look fantastic. Elliot is covered in chocolate. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's awesome. And Dave is in an egg. So (laughs) we're in the spirit of Easter. And uh, this morning we are going to be studying a classic Easter passage. This is about the resurrection of Jesus. And so let's dive in. We're in Luke chapter 24,
1: verses 1 through 12. And Elliot, why don't you read that for us? Yep, starting in verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, "'Why do you seek the living among the dead?' But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened.
0: Thanks. This is a pretty incredible story. And in this passage of scripture with this story, there's a ton that we want to get to. We won't be able to get to all of it this morning. But let's start with how did we get to this place? Let's talk about the cross for a little bit because the cross seems to be a central thing in the church. We see it everywhere. We see it on the walls, on the steeples, around people's necks. But we don't really see a lot of necklaces with an empty tomb. Uh, (laughs) That would be kind of (laughs) cool. But talk to me, guys, about the first half of the gospel that led up to this moment. What actually happened at the cross that we talked about on
1: Friday? Well, the angels tell them right there, remember he told you that he must be, that's Jesus, delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. So three days before this morning, they watched their dear friend. uh, They watched their teacher. They watched their Lord uh, be arrested. um, They watched their Lord be crucified. And they all ran and hid, so they didn't necessarily even see him die. But every one of his followers knew, our Jesus is dead.
3: The word there, I mean, you just said it, Elliot. Must be mm-hmm. Jesus said that he did. He laid down his life willingly. No one took it from him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although everybody up until this point in the gospel had expectations and ideas and things that they believed they needed Jesus to do. None of them, nobody in the story, really fully comprehended the deepest need mm-hmm. that they had was for Jesus to come, and you know be the sacrificial lamb, uh, the savior of sinners to take our sin upon himself and die, you know, as an atoning death. Which we looked at last
1: week in the triumphal entry. Yeah, He's riding as a victorious king. They just didn't know he was riding to be enthroned on a cross. And so this is what he knew he must come do, even though they weren't all aware of it, but he came to do that first.
4: And we've been talking about it all through Luke, right? That Consistently, when Jesus heals people, he tells them, "Your sins are forgiven." And he mm-hmm. says that he came, even our very first passage, to proclaim freedom to people who are captive. And what people didn't get then is that the cross was the place that all of that would be made would be made true, mm. that our sins would be forgiven.
0: Yeah, if we had time this morning, we could talk about the power of what you just said, Brand. The the power of being forgiven, that our sins are washed away, as. Th- And they're thrown as far as the east is from the west. That's what happened on the cross. All my past sins, my present sins, my future sins, I've really been made clean. And we often talk about this at Midtown, that Jesus has come and cleaned the outside of the cup and also the inside of the cup. But he cleaned us up to also fill us up. And Mm -hmm. the resurrection is about being filled up. But before we get there, let's look at this passage because we have some women here that are running to the tomb and they have some wild experiences. And then all the men in this passage don't believe them. So
1: <laughs> take me through this, guys. What are you seeing here? Verse 1 tells us that the women were on their way to the tomb with spices. And that's a ancient Near East practice uh, for these first century Jewish women. These spices were were a way to show affection for a deceased loved one. And so they're going uh, most likely weeping, certainly grieving. They love the one who they saw die, and they're going to essentially adorn the dead body of Jesus. But it's it's clear in the first verse, and, and it kind of plays itself out, these women go to the tomb because they're sure Jesus is dead. They're going to the tomb looking for a dead Jesus.
3: Yeah, and I think you know it's very easy because of where we sit in redemptive history to— Kind of, uh, I even found myself feeling like, well, you know, don't they remember what Jesus said to them? He told them that this was going to happen. But if you're on the front lines of this and experiencing it the way that they were experiencing it and walking through the last three to five days that they just walked through just the reality. Randy, you've said this many times, even in what we're experiencing right now, to not forget the humanity of it all, just as frail, forgetful, you know, limited human beings, the kind of the spiritual, emotional, psychological wake (laughs) of what they've just gone through. It's profoundly understandable how sad, afraid. These are people who've pushed all their chips in for the last three years. And now the one that they had been following was, was gone at this point. And so...
0: Yeah, it's easy for us to be kind of hard on these women, you know, and say, were they not excited about going to church on Easter? Like <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> Hadn't they ever been to an Easter egg hunt? Right. Did their kids not have new outfits? Yeah. Like <laughs> But
0: the reality in that time was this is normal. When people die, they stay in the tomb. They don't get out. And they were really functioning out of what was normal for them. And uh, what's crazy about that, and I just want to make the jump, help me go there, guys, is that we actually as the church can come to church uh, not looking for an alive Jesus, but actually looking for a dead Jesus. Never really expecting Jesus to bounce out of the normal into the supernatural. Mm -hmm. And so we like to keep church in the normal, which God kind of has blown that up lately about what is normal. But I'd like for you guys to talk a little bit about why do we come to church sometimes looking for a dead Jesus rather than one who has gotten up from the grave?
4: Well, a dead Jesus is way more predictable <laughs> than an alive Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, a dead Jesus isn't going to do anything that I can't understand, right? A dead Jesus is is more about my uh, my thoughts or my musings about what Jesus may or may not want for me in my life. and that is a lot easier for me to comprehend and in a lot of ways to control in my own life. And a live Jesus is something really different uh, because he can have an agenda that's not my agenda, but a dead Jesus is way, way safer for me.
3: I think of it in terms even of what we just said about Jesus paying the debt for sin, like a dead relative can leave you money and cover your debts and make sure that you have your debt paid. But a dead relative, I mean, that's somebody I can aspire to. That's somebody I can look at as a, as a role model. Yeah, I hope I can emulate some of the characteristics of his life or her life. But an alive Jesus, not a dead Jesus, actually can claim now authority in my life and lordship over my life and say, I wanted you to follow me when I was alive, and I want you to still follow me mm-hmm. in my death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe even think this week about Peter when he's on the beach and Jesus is res- restoring him. Um, he's calling him to follow him into his own suffering, mm. into his own, you know, carrying his own cross. Mm-hmm. And so only an alive Jesus can do that.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the the women were actually going to look for a dead Jesus. We're using that metaphorically. How do we do that? But on the literal for these women and metaphorical for us, it's what y'all both just said, a dead Jesus stays put <laughs> like he just he doesn't do anything mm. other than stay where I've put him.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And it's important, I think, to acknowledge too. there may be people listening to this podcast who aren't sure if they believe in a resurrected Jesus right that we're talking about it in a metaphorical sense, but you may be hearing this and and be thinking, well, I, I actually do believe that Jesus died, mm-hmm. that he was a good teacher, and that's great, but that's that's all that he was, even that he died on the cross and that that was important. But for many people, Jesus is just that. He is actually physically dead.
0: I think one of the ways in my own life that I pursue a dead Jesus without even knowing it is in seasons of crisis like we are right now with the coronavirus. My question that I keep asking is, what am I going to do? Which really puts the focus on me as if I'm alone in this and I need to figure out how to gain control in the midst of this crisis versus uh, an alive Jesus where my question becomes, Jesus, what are you doing in the midst of this? What are you calling me to in the midst of this? It's more of a partnership with one who is alive rather than trying to figure out the rules that he set that I'm gonna follow. (laughs) We often say this at Granny White, there's a big difference between having a book on your living room table about a crazy person and actually having a crazy person in your living room. (laughs) Those are two very (laughs) different scenarios. And if Jesus is alive, then He's asking us to deal with Him, not just His story.
1: Yeah, and what you just said, uh, crisis reveals where I've put Jesus. And so, when there's stress, when money's tight, when kids are disobeying, when I when I'm in pain, when I'm grieving, like you said, Dave, uh, these women were doing all that. That crisis and suffering is doing is it's not all that it's doing one of the things it's doing is revealing whether or not I believe Jesus to be dead or alive. yeah
0: in this passage, the angels keep bringing up this one word remember don't you remember? were they shaming these ladies? What's happening here? I mean they're in the Bible. these women are in the Bible so they should know the Bible right like <laughs> how could they possibly forget that Jesus said, oh yeah on the third day I'm gonna rise again mm-hmm.
3: what what's actually happening here guys? I think that when the angels are calling them to remember, I don't think that that's them shaming the women or kind of looking down their angelic noses at these women. I think it's it's connected to me to where you begin to see it in the women and you see it in Peter, even though you don't see it in the rest of the disciples at this point. It's connected to that word wonder, where they're kind of gently reaching down I even love it that when they went to the tomb, they didn't just find the empty tomb, that the Lord was choosing to send somebody to them to explain and begin to explain what's happened. Because the Lord is gently and graciously taking them and saying, like you, you say to your kid, hey, remember, remember, you know, daddy loves you, remember, mommy loves you, remember, we're here, remember, you're not alone. And, right, and right. is inviting them into beginning to wonder or marvel or consider that, yeah, Jesus maybe told them the facts of this. I understand the fact that my parents loved me, but understanding the fact of that and experiencing that is two different things. Especially in pain. Yeah. Pain, it not only makes me forget the truth, um, but it invites me, like Randy, you said, to, to try to figure it all out and to deal with my circumstances by myself. And it invites me to trust my own perspective. Like it says, you know, when they told the men, hey, this is what's happened. They said it seemed to them like nonsense. My, what I, whatever it seems to me to be is usually what I trust when I'm in pain. And mm-hmm. so, remembering and wondering is the the angels inviting them into, hey, there's there's a completely different reality that's happening right now, and you're not going to comprehend all of that right right in this moment. So let me take you by the hand and mm-hmm. begin to lead you into the depth of of the truth that mm-hmm. he's not dead; he's alive. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, guys, the most exciting part of this passage is not necessarily the lack of remembering or the looking for dead Jesus, but the fact that Jesus actually rose from the dead. And it gets Peter pretty excited because, I love Peter, he goes running to the tomb and finds it empty. And on this Easter Sunday, where we're not meeting together as a whole, but in our small groups or maybe listening to this by ourselves... Talk to me today, talk to our community today about the power of the resurrection and why that matters to us.
4: Man, one of the things that jumps out at me right away is the power that, that the resurrection has, uh, the power of a Jesus who has come and is, has brought and is bringing his kingdom into our world, even now. It's easy to be on social media and read uh, some inspirational quotes about the idea that God is at work in the world, even in this. Other people have ideas about what God is doing and they're pretty negative, but all of those things are just ideas. What we have here is the promise that our Jesus is alive and that he is working all of the time, and that he tells us in Romans 8 that he's working for the good of those who love him to make us look more like him. He promises that. And so our confidence that Jesus is at work even now, that he's at work bringing what's good for us into our lives and into our world, even through really horrible, sad situations, that hope is rooted in Jesus rising from the dead. Jesus's resurrection is the seal and the confidence that we have that his promise that he's working things for our good is true. It's not that his words have some mythical power that they live beyond him. It's that he is alive and he is working. Mm -hmm. And that's true this morning.
1: In light of that, it comes out a little bit symbolically in the story of Luke 24, but it says they go uh, at early dawn on the first day of the week. You get this... This image of like this thing that is beginning, this new day that is starting, and the new day that the resurrection started. We're living in the middle of that day (laughs) still, thousands of years later, waiting for that day to come in its fullness. But what it means, not just metaphorically, what it means actually is that all the promises of God, like you said, Brant, are true, including the promise that one day all things will be made right, one day all will be made well. One day, 1 Corinthians 15 says, uh, death will be delivered its final death blow. One day, there will be no coronavirus. One day, there will be no addiction. One day, there will be no divorce. One day, there will be no social isolation. One day, there will be nothing that makes us sad or sorrowful anymore. And so we actually, as Christians, can look and actually see how the story is going to end and and with confidence, because Jesus is alive and not dead, with confidence, that story ending is going to come true. And so now today, when coronavirus wants to write a different story and a different ending, today, when uh, uh, when suffering wants to come in and give me a new reality, an empty tomb, a living Jesus sitting on a throne tells me I know how this story is going to end. And so I can actually live at peace today with the chaos in the world, because I actually know that the chaos won't be how the story ends. And this dawn of the new day is what the resurrection begins. And now we, we know that one day that, as, as Tolkien said, the sun will shine out the darkness forever. We're living in hope of that, and who hopes for it already has, right? But if you don't have it, you wait for it with patience.
4: And what I love about that is that gives me something new for my heart and my mind to sit in right now. Mm-hmm. There are all kinds of things competing to hijack what's in my head and in my heart, and that that reality gives me a, a totally different place to set my mind and my heart free to dream and to think right mm-hmm.
3: now. Well, part of the, the beauty of what you both just said, Ellie and Brant, is that as we, as we await that day, Scripture, and this is a promise that came pre-resurrection, but through the resurrection, which is that Jesus uh, said to his disciples in John 14 through 16, it's good for you that I go away because I'm going to send, send an advocate, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit to you. And so I, I have to go ascend into heaven for that, for my father to send his spirit. We have the first fruits of that day that y'all are talking about. That I actually have access now to bring the eternal reality of what Christ has accomplished into the present. I can grab the first fruits from that tree. Uh, like Romans 8 says, that the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies, not your immortal bodies. <laughs> Your mortal bodies. And so he's bringing life and resources and resurrection power into the present right now. And he says things like in John 14, I'm going to give you this advocate. He's going to help you and be with you forever. He's the spirit of truth. He lives with you and, and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And because I live, you also will live. We have this Holy Spirit that teaches us All the things that Jesus said and reminds us of everything like the women needed to remind. I'm going to remind you again and again and apply the truth to your heart, the truth that you talked about, about that day that is to come. I'm going to apply that truth to your heart every single day, every single moment of every single day. And like sunscreen at the beach right now, Mm. we're all getting pretty sunburned. And I need that truth applied Mm. probably every 60 minutes. Mm.
0: But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. It is our prayer for you, our sweet community, for the church, that as you participate in this Easter Sunday, that today you will go home marveling at what had happened. That the Jesus who loves you so deeply that he would go to the cross and consider it a joy to embrace the cross for you and to take your sins upon him. So that you now could become the righteousness of God and through you to display his glory, his goodness, and his grace. In the Gospels, Jesus says that he is the light of the world. And then later in the Gospels, he turns to the church and says, you are the light of the world. So I pray for you and for us pastors that this season of struggle and crisis and close family ties would be a place to display the light that is ours through Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Now, let's sing together again as we draw our time to a close and declare that we serve a living God, that Jesus is alive, that he is restoring our hearts, that he is making all things new, and he is redeeming all things to himself, to the praise of his glory. Tore through the shadows of my soul The work is finished, the end is written Jesus Christ, my living hope Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free hallelujah death has lost its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name jesus christ my living boundless grace. The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me Savior, I'm yours forever Jesus Christ, my living hope Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me you have broken every chain Salvation in your name Jesus Christ My living hope. Then came the morning That sealed the promise Your buried body Began to breathe Out of the silence Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me, you have broken every chain, there's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope, Jesus Christ, my living
0: Midtowners, it's been really sweet to be with you this morning. How unusual this is that we're meeting by zoom rather than all being together. But as we close our time together, I hope that you're encouraged that even though we're not sitting in the same room, our Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is the one that holds his church, loves his church, cares for his church, protects and keeps his church. So as we end our time together, I'd like to end our time in prayer for each other for our city and even this world that god would not only be glorified but show his mercy to all of us lord we end our time together and celebrate that you not only came for us and for the joy set before you endure the cross but you also conquered the grave and we celebrate that today father and pray that the power of the resurrection would infuse hope in us and and views the riches of this kingdom in us and even power to not only be encouraged today, but also be the ones who carry courage and encouragement into the world that we live in. Would Lord, you grant your church to shine like a star in the universe in this city, uh, in this state, in this country, and even the world. We pray, Father, that even this season would stir a movement of people back to your church, that people would want to know you, Jesus, and the power of your resurrection. So, Lord, protect our community. We pray, Lord, for all those that are on the front lines. Guard them and protect them. Father, we pray that you would bless, Lord, our leaders. And we pray, Father, that you would have mercy on all of us during this very trying time. So, Lord, we praise you and give you glory for you have truly risen. And now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.
2: Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain.